0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the debut episode of Sketch Watch Play. My name is John Flurry. And I'm Christopher Wade. And we are winning it from this point, other than <laughs> uh, setting some guidelines about what we're going to talk about. Uh, first, a little setting the ground for, for new listeners, which will be just about everyone. We are both, I think I think geek is an applicable term to us. Yeah, I um, think so, too. And, but also, also, also artists. Mm-hmm. Um, we... We, uh, Chris and I were former classmates back in our college days a couple of years ago, and we've stayed in touch over the years thanks to stuff like Facebook and Skype. And uh, I've been interested. I've been listening to podcasts for about a, exactly a decade now. I'd say back when I started college in two thousand six ish, and I've often been interested in uh, doing one of my own to talk about the things that that interest me and. I uh, have reached out to to numerous friends. Chris has been the most vocal and active in wanting to do something about it. So we've set things up on Skype. Got, we've got ourselves some good mics. And we are going to – this first episode is going to be a little more free form in terms of – we want the format to be an opening 30, 40 minutes where we're just talking about recent media we consumed. The main focus is going to be on, you know, visual media like – Movies, television, and um, and video games. Uh, mm-hmm. Also worth noting is that we're both big, uh, big cartoon geeks. So you'll be probably see a lot of that. Uh, we may fit in other forms of media like books if one of us sees something that would be interesting. I'm open to that. Just so you know, Chris.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: so this week we're going to mainly do uh, more compact. Uh, several little topics and we've already settled on a on a primary topic that will take up the majority of the second episode but um i'll start with something that we are we have both been playing which is the, well no, i guess the second to last big
1: title for the wii u because what one sec john sorry i didn't mean to interrupt but uh, uh um you're starting to cut in and out um can right. you hear me proper can you hear me okay i can hear you
0: fine and uh so if you if you have trouble understanding me let me know
1: yeah um the the audio
0: is catching everything on my end so i won't be cutting on the recording and i can hear you fine
1: yeah i've heard most of what you said uh, but towards the end you started breaking up and now you're starting to break up a lot more so i think um want me to cut on want me to close out and i'll reconnect with you uh sure okay let me do that please stand by
0: all right, so the first thing we're going to talk about is, I brought it up, turns out you've been playing it too. I'm thinking it's going to be the second to last big release for the Wii U, since Breath of the Wild is still coming out for it. Sure. Uh, we've both been playing a bit of Paper Mario Color Splash.
1: You hear that? That's the sound of color burglary! So help Paper Mario smash, bash, and trash the color back in its place. Paper Mario Color Splash. it, everyone. I'm actually gonna try and have a
0: review written of it. Uh, on the side of do work for, a new game network, possibly, uh, hopefully it'll be published tomorrow. But it's interesting because lately, like, Paper Mario has had such a tumultuous kind of history, especially, like, with, with those who are really devoted to its first two entries. Mm-hmm. Like, the first game established a clear template, Thousand Year Door built on that, and mm. then both Super Paper Mario and Sticker Star totally revamped things and generally were not considered as good like it's funny nintendo fans were
1: pissed about sticker star yeah i I didn't hear very good things about um paper mario super um sticker Sticker star Star. and it didn't really look particularly interesting for me because uh, i have a hard time playing things on the 3ds as it is oh Um, what's that uh for some reason, and I think this is probably my carpal tunnel kicking in, but my hands hurt. when I Oh, play.
0: oh! I think you might have told me that before. Yeah,
1: yeah. maybe if you find, maybe if you
0: like prop it on a desk at like shoulder level or something, that would help.
1: Yeah, yeah I'll most likely get something, or I'll just maybe I'll just buy a, a pair of tiny hands, and you know I'll just work at it from there. Little hands um, on sticks. Yeah, just little tiny like it has to be like the Mickey Mickey Mouse gloves hands. Yeah. On little rods, and I'll just play a 3DS through there. Um, but. Uh, yeah, sticker star I heard was not great, and I'm probably all of two people on earth who actually liked Super Paper Mario. It was a wild departure, mind you, and to be perfectly honest, I never really finished it. <laughs> so, it
0: actually has a very uh, strong ending. Um, I know I think I think the general reception to it was generally positive, but oh, good. I think most people thought it wasn't as good as the first two, which I would agree with. Okay, and um, I I I, I, I never played it again after I beat it, so I can't remember exactly why it didn't work as well, but it was a fun diversion. Uh, Sticker Star, like, I'm sure if you look online, you can find out, like, they, they rehauled the battle system in a way that just didn't click as well. Uh, yeah. There was a much uh, reduced emphasis on story and unique characters, because uh, apparently Shigeru Miyamoto, who created the series, I think he kind of felt like there was um they didn't need to keep adding new character types to the series like which they were doing in every in every game and i think he also he feels like mario games don't really need a story which i I get for the platformers but rpg especially when they had that template it was that was an odd move to make so basically sticker star was just you know mario peach bowser bunch of toads bunch of default enemies and like one partner character who you don't actually fight with sounds like fun uh, yeah, it wasn't horrible from what I played, I, and even then I only got it because um, I got it for free, like Nintendo had like a Club Nintendo promotion, and uh, I, I actually don't dislike it, but it did not draw me to play it for a little more, while. My brother actually uh, played it for a while, it was one of his first 3DS purchases, and he um, he was he was enthusiastic about it first, but I think he got a little tired of it.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: uh, Color Splash was, it got a very hostile, I remember like when they did it at Nintendo Direct, they it wasn't very bombastic it was just kind of now it's like a your standard game like hey baby mario yeah. what were you and cause i think they knew there was gonna be a ton of backlash because it's directly building on sticker stars uh, template and right. i do think like as some aspects of it suffered still suffer because of that yeah. but in others it's been a big step up like what do you, what do you think from what you've played of it chris
1: uh, as far as color splash is concerned, yes. Um, oh, I, I I dig it a lot. Um, yeah, I can't say that I love it so far, but um, I do have a real soft spot for uh, for mixed medium. Um, and and when right. I say by mixed media, um, uh, mixed media, I mean you know obviously the, um, the 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 construction paper and the wild textures and the the the, um, the real physical. Uh, Happy-go-lucky look that um, that Paper Mario has, yeah. and with the with the uh, with the new graphics engine that the Wii U has, first as high def to, entry. Yeah, as opposed to the Wii, yeah, it's high def. So you're going to be seeing some some real good graphical nonsense happening. Yeah, but, it is a
0: gorgeous game. I would never. I didn't really. I never really thought of Paper Mario as like a, a graphical. Yeah, at, you know, showcase and it's not it's not a powerhouse or anything. Like it's intentional, simple, like the characters are still little two D drawings that are like kind of flat they actually they look like they have a little texture to them when they're real close, like they're made of cardboard or something. Yeah, and, they, you know, the, the environments are still that very papery, hand crap, paper craft thing, but it's very, yeah. it still looks very intricate and creative. Uh, have you done I, any of the things where, um, that's what I mean, the things that you unlock in battle, which are like these super moves that are like I've real, done, proper I've items? The,
1: I've gotten to the godlike super moves so far, especially the. Uh, um, especially the uh the space odyssey 2001 have you uh, gotten the
0: Earth- fire extinguisher that's i haven't gotten a fire Holy, extinguisher oh my i don't want to spoil that i okay and also here's the big thing it is a
1: funny funny game can, can i just say this um i mean i know i know i've gushed about graphics i'm i'm a, i'm a writer at heart and when i play color splash um it is probably the funniest paper mario i've ever yeah. played yeah and, um, um it, me and Serena and my brother Tyrone were uh, were watching me playing, or um, watching you play it. And at some point, early on in the game, uh, and I hope I, um, I'm, I'm going to try very hard not to spoil it, but there is a very large sexual innuendo happening with a certain shy guy in the uh, in the beginning of the game, and is just it's involved toad. It doesn't involve Toad. Um, okay. It is just some random shy guy that you find in like, um, in um, on like the second story level, and he's just way back in the corner, just doing something oh, very. Oh yeah, that sh- one. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah. My like they, it, that. Blew, that blew our minds. We could not take that. It was. There are it like was some so,
0: oddly dark elements of the writing, but not in a yeah. way that it's too
1: much. Like they yeah. got a really good balance. Um, it was a and, very. Sm- it was a very sneaky kind of Shrek way of doing things.
0: Yeah, I, I would love like, if we ever do get that animated Mario movie that people want made. If it was written something like this, I'd I'd be up for it.
1: If they can get um, that writer, and I really would like to look for that writer and find well, out who they I, are.
0: I think it's several writers. If you talk about that one instance, sure, but, I mean, it was probably some people doing the Japanese release, and then it had a great localization. Like, the translation yeah. is top-notch. Like, But I feel that way about Nintendo in general. Like, I love the dialogue in Fire Emblem, all those character interactions. Very different game, mm-hmm. but uh, similar good dialogue. Uh, yeah. I, I kind of one of my favorite moments comes in the first like twenty minutes because uh the one new character is uh your side Huey since it's very yeah. color paint plays. he basically' mm-hmm. this uh sentient paint paint can very funny yeah. character there, so there's a point where um' cause one of the gimmicks is Mario gets a hammer that you can fill with paint and use it to restore color to objects drained of it like you know standard yeah. white things so whenever a character like a toad is drained of their color they basically fall into a coma or just a flat white sheet. And so early on, in your first fight, uh, the main Toad from National Kingdom gets drained by a bunch of straw, uh, straw guys, shy guys with straws. You beat mm. the shy guys, and so Peach thinks Toad is dead. It's like everyone a moment of silence, and there is, and then Huey just yells, "Man, I'm starving! How about we go get a burger?"
1: Oh my god! And what I mean, an I, I, because ass! Because he
0: knows Toad's not dead, <laughs> and you can bring him back with paint. But it is so funny. It, it's and,
1: pretty, it, it is pretty funny. I've I've, heard, I've seen I've seen a couple of people kind of uh, um, uh, kind of say that they weren't. Um, that they kind of liked it, but it was also a little mean spirited. And I will agree, it is a bit—it's dark it's, for Mario. Yeah, it's it's definitely not the uh, not the crazy sugar poppy jazzy Mario that we've come is. to expect. And no, the view is really th- good.
0: Did you, yeah,
1: do you, you, you notice that? I, I think it's very surprising, and I think that's <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of nice to have the writing kind of sneak up on you like that. Yeah, I I kind of hope like so. Okay,
0: but one the big the big um, writing uh i don't know if this even applies to just the writing one of the big uh, drawbacks is everybody's a toad just mm-hmm. they it feels very limited for unnecessary reasons like I think uh Miyamoto said stick to characters who made their debut up to uh Mario Because have you gotten to the area bosses um I haven't gotten to the area bosses yet i' Minor, spoiler, it's, uh, they're each world's boss is one of the Links.
1: Okay, which that's is cool. their
0: first time in the Paper Mario series. Oh, which, that's awesome! Um, so not completely new characters, but I love those guys because I've been really happy that you know Mario Brothers Wii onwards they kind of had a revival after Bowser Junior taking the spotlight for so long. Yeah, um, and the, I, I like the first one alone is funny. It's Morton. They made him like a big dumb caveman type. Like <laughs> when you beat him, he goes, "Me not Morton, me less ton. <laughs> it's just, there's a lot of funny stuff like that. They all have little conversations. Have you seen the part um have you been on the train with the shy guy? Oh, you haven't been more yet. There's a part I've, I've, have you seen I've that video got, with the shy guy on the train?
1: Yeah. Uh, I've only gotten as far as the I've, I've only gotten as far as probably the 5th or 6th level and I've um, and I've hit a I've hit a wall. Quite literally, it is a giant wall.
0: Yeah, no, the one of the downsides is it's there's a lot of adventure game logic to it now because of collecting items and characters in certain points. So it's mm-hmm. easy to get stuck, but uh, it's also easy to look up a walkthrough for things like that. Yeah. Um, there is a – I'm not going to elaborate on much – uh, there's a point where you're on a train, and there are actually Actually, a bunch of enemy drones that are from Bowser's army, but they're kind of laying low, and you can chill with them. Yeah. There's this one shy guy, you were talking about Oddly Dark, he says, hey Mario, come over here. And he basically brings to life like so many memes I've heard, where he starts talking about how like, I don't. I, I hate that I have to be your enemy. I hate that I'm. i told to go tear up these things for, for no apparent reason. I hate mm-hmm. that my dreams can never come to fruition. I'm just doomed to be a member of Bowser's army. Oh, and Mario, wow. I want you to know. I know we're, we're doomed to meet as enemies again, but I Jeez. hope it can be on, on with you know the best of intentions and no no tough, bad feelings and stuff. I'll see you later. Sure. That's 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 really cool. It's hilarious. Like that's what I mean. Like that oddly dark but not overboard thing. Like people have made jokes about that forever. Like you know talking yeah. about all the the goombas who Mario must kill and like with the consequences of their families and stuff. This isn't so much about death, but just yeah. like this a Bowser, a random Bowser grunt, just questioning <laughs> his life and like, oh god, my 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 job sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it must suck working for Bowser. He's a big bully. He's an idiot, and he's yeah. just you know he just wants to. Take over everything, and uh, mm. it's a political analogy here. Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah. Oh. and uh, I'm I'm really digging it. And I even like, I think the battle system is kind of eh because it's going off. Because uh, I'm not I'm not a big fan of you know consumable items representing your moves. It's mm. hard to it's, it's annoying to scroll through all of them when you got to pick a move. It needs better a uh, better categorization.
1: I, ha- and I have. If I'm being honest, um, I think that's Color Splash's, like, uh, weakest incentive to play. Like, there's a lot of charm, and there's a lot uh, of—it has a really gorgeous atmosphere. Yeah. And the writing and the visual presentation is really nice. And actual level exploration is fun, too, I think. Yeah. Um, The gameplay itself I found to be extremely tedious. Like, I think this game was built for possibly newcomers to the Paper Mario series. Yeah.
0: Well, Sticker Uh, Star, in the uh, first place, It's, it's very much similar to it.
1: Yeah, and I think that if That's you're t- coming off of the original Paper Mario and Thousand yeah. Year Door, yeah, you're jumping into Color Splash, having to look at look at the uh, look pad. at the, uh, you know, having to look at the game pad and look at the TV screen. Um, it's there's a very large disconnect there, and uh, there's a lot of swiping. There's a lot of trying to switch to different cards.
0: Yeah, and too many additional uh, steps. Like you select cards, it's like paint them. Okay, flip them on the screen to make sure. Like I could have done this seconds ago, and it's weird that I feel like in like the last year of the Wii U as like a prominent system, they've kind of recommitted
1: to that. Because that's what kind of ruined Star Fox Zero for me. Uh, Star Fox Zero, I think, was... I didn't really play much of it. Uh, no, I gave up on it pretty quick. Yeah, Well, I heard a lot of people gave up on it. And I know that Miyamoto wants people to give it a chance. Okay. Um, I, and, <laughs> yeah, to give it a chance and they put it down. Um, it's, it's weird because they had a really good presentation going for yes. it. And then they added tilt controls, which is not a good decision. If you're going to add tilt controls or motion controls, then please add in, like, manual controls as well. Yeah, the aesthetics were good, the gameplay mechanics at the core were good, Mm -hmm. the controls
0: kind of made it a chore at points. I can see glimpses of good stuff there, but...
1: Now, don't get me wrong. I am still interested in playing uh, um, Star Fox, I, I'm Star Fox on the Wii U, because um, I've only played just a very small bit of it. Yeah. But even of what I played of, of it, even though I loved what was happening with the characters, I loved yeah. the new direction of the story. It just isn't fun to play. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, uh, and, and, and I I don't I don't want to harsh that badly on it, um, but I can see other people's uh, critique about it being being the controls being so.
0: Yeah. God. I don't think it's the worst, but it was probably my biggest disappointment this year considering how hyped it was, how long we've been waiting for a new proper Star Fox. Mm-hmm. Then, like, um, yeah, and, I mean, that partially applies to this game, to Color with Splash, uh, with the battle system, mainly. Yeah. Because uh, they don't really, I guess there's the part where you do the cutouts of the environment. Yeah. That's a little cumbersome, too, but
1: actually, it actually looks pretty neat visually, I think. I think it's, the, it's pretty simple. I think the, uh, I think those, uh, and they're called for those playing the home game, these special items are called things for some reason. And I think that's also really cool. Um, But how, uh, at the same time, I think these, I think these, these summons themselves, Mm -hmm. um, as cool as they are, uh, you're, you really have to work for them and not in the good way, not in the way where it feels like you pulled off a challenge uh, and you're being, yeah, yeah, you're being rewarded with a visual feast. Instead, and this is what i do i just press a when i'm going um, i just re- press a repeatedly when i'm going through the gamepad to choose my card and just let that be it there's no take mo- whatever yeah I, well i don't uh... take ever when i when i take when i choose my card instead of actively pressing the screen oh, painting them and yeah, stuff yeah i just press a and go about my business i'm For like me, it I don't- depends on how
0: big the enemy is if it's a boss or mid boss i want to make sure it's painted yeah. But uh, yeah sometimes I'll just scroll. cuz you can get you get so many coins in that game. Yeah, You're never in any danger of ramp points. You can go back between levels and purchase more like any card you previously unlocked anytime. Yeah. So and I
1: and I think that I think the reward system is awesome. I think that it just beating a car- uh, beating uh, beating a row of shy guys and having them explode in coins and and mounts yeah, and and um, and hammer points. I think that's pretty amazing. That's interesting. Um, that was actually another problem people had with, with Sticker Star was
0: battles were essentially pointless. There was no XP equivalent. Like um, in Color Splash, when you kill a lot of enemies, they drop uh, hammer things and they build a meter that will unlock that will allow you your uh, max paint storage to increase, which is necessary as the game goes on. Sticker yeah. Star, I think you just got coins and sometimes stickers, which were the equivalent of the cards, and those were also mm-hmm. strewn all over the landscape. You could buy them so. Many people just often skipped over a lot of smaller battles. It was, yeah, that was that was, I think, the game's biggest gameplay mistake. Yeah, and, and uh, they did fix that here. And
1: even, um, and even with that said, even with, um, I mean, I, I like the I, I like the reward system a lot. But getting to re, the rewards, um, like a choosing the card, painting the card, confirming the card, yeah, and then yeah. finally playing the card. In Baby Mario, you just choose a, choose a move, choose yeah. a character, i choose an enemy, and you're done. There's like I, two too too many uh inputs that you need to do too um, too, too much middle manning in that uh, in that regard just to use a touchpad and if you're living in the world of 2016 you know what a touchscreen is and you know how to use it
0: yeah. uh, and actually you um just you know you can set uh the input the touch to, t- to button control from the options that's menu. cool okay so I, I did that that helps speed things up quite a bit okay uh, and you know it's to this game's credit that we've spent like a while talking about its flaws that we're still having a blast with it.
1: We are. It is uh, so charming. I do I do like it a lot and I think yeah. that it's pretty challenging. I've only died uh I think maybe once so far. So it's not but- so challenging. But uh, well, I've heard it is very challenging. But it's I, I, oh, I, it does later on with bosses and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So far, so far, I think it's kind of easy. But I did yeah. hear that you really have to work for that game because it's punishing. Um, but obviously, you've had a different um, point of view on that. So I guess I'll find out soon enough. Um, um, I haven't completely finished yet, but
0: uh, later enemies do require a little more strategy and uh in terms of what you do how powerful your cards are and even uh the first boss requires you to use a specific thing to uh disable his weapon so okay. there's, there's that as well uh that's where i first
1: died was against him so um, oh, oh. Before, before before we move on i just yeah. found out that um um that the writer for this game is also the director for this game his name is uh, um his name is taro kudo and yeah. he's he's a game designer. He's also a video game composer. Uh, so he's worked on Mario, the original Mario RPG, apparently, um, Superstar Saga, and Sticker Star as a co-director and se- scenario designer. So he's dabbled in every sub-series of Mario RPG? Just about, yeah. yeah. I mean, not, not, not every in- installment, but he's had his hand in... Yeah, but the original and the two series we got out of it.
0: Yeah. I'm so surprised we never got a proper Mario RPG 2. Me too. I mean, I you know, know for a while because Square split, but uh, yeah. maybe it could happen again someday. Who knows? I'm. I'm well,
1: I, I'm hoping. I mean, this guy apparently uh, did some stuff with Square and Konami, so he's he's had his hand in it.
0: Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, I then I got to give him a lot of props for uh, if he was the head writer and director, then I think he had a really good vision, even like with uh, some of the limitations put in front of him. Yeah. Uh, I can't stress how
1: surprisingly hilarious I found this game. Yeah, and thank you, Kudo. That It's it's pretty awesome so far. That is the,
0: it is more than enough to keep me playing through, like, boring battles and toads after toads after toads. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I'm actually – I'm not going to be upset if, if the next Super Mario sticks to this template. I also won't be surprised if they try something completely different again because – that's what Super did, that's what Sticker Star did. We'll we'll see. And okay. I won't be upset if they go back to the, of the first two games, but, um, <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's going to be a while before we hear about any other Paper Mario anyway. Yeah. Uh, so, moving on, um, I don't think you've been playing it, but I got it, it uh, launched two days ago, Watch Dogs 2. I heard about Watch Dogs 2. Did um, you play the original?
1: I played some of Watch Dogs. It, i got to be honest, it wasn't really my type of game. No, I, uh,
0: I'm one of the few who really liked that game. I think that okay. was kind of closest thing to No Man's Sky of that year which was a lot of hype and a lot of people feeling let down
1: uh see I'm on the fence about No Man's Sky I it yet. uh I, I mean I, I um I streamed it with a friend and I really really liked like being able to explore and being able to fly and being able to go essentially just about every, everywhere you wanted and you'd be able to like pick up these elements and you get to learn about the uh, about the animals and the wildlife um but what I didn't like was how the creators essentially gave some false advertising on what the game was actually supposed to be like, like? The multiplayer. Yeah, there wasn't any actual <laughs> multiplayer.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was uh, that's always annoying. Well, Watch Dogs kind of had that happen. Do you remember like the graphics controversy?
1: Oh, I didn't know about that. When but... it was first
0: announced at E3, the graphics looked amazing and yeah. like much. And when you got the actual game, I guess partly because it was cross-generation, it mm-hmm. looked standard. And uh, so basically they kind of lied and went with that initial reveal.
1: Yay. Which, uh, okay. I will
0: not uh, – yeah, that's not something I'm going to be like, oh, whatever. That's that's false advertising. That's, that's BS. Yeah, that's
1: that's where I'm at with No Man's Sky. Yeah, it looks interesting. And I am all for space exploration. That is like one of my that, – that's like one of my childhood dreams is to explore space. Yeah. So that came really close. But – I don't want to reward. I don't want to reward bullshit. So <laughs> no, no,
0: nobody. Uh, not not most people do. I think, but um. So to get back to Watchdogs, the first one, I think what helped me was I never expected it to be one of the best games ever. I wasn't even sure if I was going to love it because of how gritty it was. Yeah. Um, and I actually did. Like, I I'm a sucker. I've become a sucker for open world games. Like Ooh. that's the only reason I tried The Division for ten minutes because was open world. But that's still so, you know that's still like. Gritty military shooter that I'm normally not into, but I do mm-hmm. love GTA, I love Saints Row, yeah, uh, yeah. Infamous, stuff like that. And Watch Dogs was kind of a GTA type game with the adding added hacking mechanic, which I actually thought was pretty neat because oh. so like so many of the stealth elements would revolve around you know you manipulating the environment. Mm-hmm. And uh, Watch Dogs Two is you know it's less a it's one of those sequels that's less of a re total rehaul and more of a refinement of that. Um, mm-hmm. but the, I think the thing that sticks out to me most about it is the overall aesthetic and tone because mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen much about it
1: I've seen some stuff about it, I've it, seen is, some screenshots it and feels very
0: very different like Please. if it wasn't for the fact that I know um, other certain characters from the first game come back yeah. uh, and the whole you know the whole uh, uh, premise of what they call Ctos which is the main system they used to hack. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't think it was a watchdogs st- game. Wow. But it's not necessarily a bad thing. I really. It it almost reminds me of uh, the later Saints Row games. If you ever played that, where they. Yeah. It's not so much the actual plot. You're not fighting aliens. You don't have superpowers and stuff. It's still grounded in reality and the story. Yeah. But the characters and the plot and the look is much more vibrant and lighthearted. You're still yeah. like a bunch of you know twenty something hackers. Going up against the man and exposing corruption and stuff,
1: but you know, that's the part I like. It being a uh, raging twenty-something and going against a man. Uh, I feel like I missed the window of opportunity there.
0: <laughs> uh, well, yeah, you're still young enough where you could still do it and just not qualify as twenties, I guess. I, right. I I got six months left to fit into that uh, category myself. Uh, but uh, yeah, and and but it's I want to make a video like of just showcasing like I played. I remember there was a part in the DLC for Watchdogs. Where you come across this guy who's on a bed, all bandaged. He just when he wakes up, he's like, "They just keep stabbing me over oh. and over." <laughs> and then you look at Watch Dogs 2, where like there's a guy with a mask who his eyes are emoticons, Whoa, and he's what? like, "Yeah, yeah, look him up." Uh, his okay. car- it's a character named Wrench. I don't know if you ever see his face. He wears you know a, a mask, and the bias for his eyes are pixelated like emoticons
1: ah check it's, that out okay it's that's cool I, I don't exactly know
0: how that works like how he can like automatically get a question mark when he's confused but he does yeah. it and he's like making references to like the matrix and even schwarzenegger and stuff and um like i remember like when he made a schwarzenegger impression i rolled my eyes but then the main character marcus went man really and like when marcus references the matrix wrench says something like yeah it's kind of like that only not so 1999 Mm-hmm. And um I, it actually works pretty well. Like um it actually did you okay, did you ever play uh, Grand Theft Auto 5? Yes. Um its tone is a lot more like that in some ways, which is that it's very satirical now. There right. are a lot of uh, analogies direct uh there is a direct reference to Martin Screlly. Oh, okay. Uh, where you mess with him because he's trying to buy the exclusive rights to a rap album uh-huh. uh there is i can't remember his exact name but there's a politician whose name begins with t and it says, it says like vote him make uh make the barrier area greater or better or something uh. and uh and also something i haven't gotten to quite yet there is a full-on scientology and tom cruise spoof oh okay and uh I'm sure some of it will seem pretty dated uh, in the future, but it's also pretty funny and not actually all that overbearing like I thought it would be. And uh-huh. it's also not as uh, – despite all that, it doesn't feel as uh, – GTA V is a very, very cynical game. Mm-hmm. Like that GTA has, has become all about like here's pointing out everything wrong with our culture. Uh-huh. And this is less critical and more just kind of a fun-hearted lampoon, uh-huh. uh, which uh, you know post-election, I th- I'm, I'm kind of grateful for that approach. Like even like having Markets himself, you know, be a uh, a black youth who starts out. He realizes he's been framed for stuff that he didn't do. It's still not quite as heavy as you would think. Okay, maybe it does get heavy later on, but uh, not yet. Uh, and the gameplay itself is fun because they've made some cool little refinements. One thing I find weird is, do you remember how to hack? Uh, at least, like you would press one of the face buttons to bring yeah. out a cursor in the military and focus it on what you wanted to hack. Here it's it's different, and I'm not sure how I feel about it because you hold L like the L1 button or LB yeah. on Xbox, and that's will will target all, like the whatever's in the center, oh. and uh, that's when you can. And, and now you have like for certain things you have multiple actions you can do, for like for something like a generator instead of just blow it up, you can press a button to have it attract, make noise, and attract guards, and then mm-hmm. press another button to automatically blow it up when they get within a certain radius, mm-hmm. and uh, additional stuff with others that. So it's a bit more in depth. It's also a little more confusing because of that, and I'm I'm still getting used to the L1 thing, but they aren't major flaws, and the actual world feels like it has not exactly more to do compared to the first, but it feels a lot more intricate, like – you could, They have a d- cool way of introducing side activities by, as you're just randomly driving along, an icon will pop up. You go talk to an NPC that'll talk about some random issue, and then that'll encourage Marcus to, you know, they're still doing the cell phone conversations. He's like, "Hey, let's get into this," and then that'll add it to. Oh, I love how much more um, the phone serves as a menu. Like you download huh. apps for certain things, uh-huh. and uh, so you have. You're part of a hacker group called DeadSec. They were uh, part of the first game, and now they're front and center. And so, like that's how like you add, you have to use the DeadSec app to track your missions, check on the map, and see your progress. Instead of experience, you attract followers through all your actions because the gimmick is they're uh, they're having people install the DeadSec app on their phones and harness their horsepower in kind of a cloud storage way. Okay. And uh, to fight the system. And that's a cute uh, novel thing that actually feels substantial as you see like you gained a thousand followers. And there's just little side activities contributed to like there's an app where you – because it takes place in San Francisco. And I think it actually uses several landmarks besides the obvious ones. And uh-huh. so you can go there and take selfies kind of like you could in GTA 5 at any point. And doing it for certain points, there's an app that will say like go here and you'll you'll get it publicized and you'll get more followers. There's even you know a, a twist on the taxi mini game that's been like crazy taxiing a lot of other stuff. You have a, a specific characters with specific goals. Like one was a, a, a YouTuber who was into stream stunts. He's like, do some crazy jumps. I'm close to a million uh, subscribers. That, what, my favorite one that I've done is a guy who built a robot called Johnny Five. Mm-hmm. And the mission from beginning to end is a bunch of short circuit references. And uh, it, it's cute. and. Yeah. So I'm sure I'll have more to talk about next week because I've gotten through more of the main missions. I've just been so into just going around and doing all sorts of random stuff. That's what I love about open world games is there's always something waiting beyond every corner most of the time. Mm-hmm. But so far, I, I, I do recommend it. Definitely to people who like the first game like me. And if you're on the fence, like, you know, if you did, there were things you didn't like about the first one, yeah. uh, look up some videos and details and then decide from there. Uh, oh, no, I'll, I'll, I'll close by saying I know one people, a lot of people have the first one that I also had. The protagonist, uh, Aiden, was so boring. Mm-hmm. Like, he was kind of, like, feels like some people, people have tried to copy, like, Adam Jensen from Deus Ex. Yeah. Like, middle-aged guy with a Batman voice and a trench coat and all, you yeah, know. I remember and that. And that was kind of Aiden's problem. He was not, he was sympathetic, I thought, but very... Just stoic, all dull all the time. Marcus is fun. He's he is jovial. He's he's uh, quippy. He feels like someone who who, like target demographic. I guess will have a much easier time identifying with. And I'm 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 all for you know I'm I'm always happy when we get more minority leads in games like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think he's been a good representation of it so far. They don't go too over the top or too vanilla with him. So I'm excited to play through more of it. I'm sure I'll have some more to say next week. And uh, so let me
1: bring up here. Tell you what, um, oh, one yeah. second. You're starting to break up again, and your um, um, your lip syncing is off. So I'm going to call I'll call you right back. All right, okay? so, and I'm going to end this
0: recording and save this part just in case anything okay. happens. See,
1: ya. all right. Please stand by.
0: All right, we're back, and the last thing I'll talk about before uh, Chris uh, talks about what he's been watching. Uh, I saw Doctor Strange this past weekend. How was um, that? Well, let me preface it by saying we're probably going to be. There's probably going to be a lot more Marvel talk on on this show. We're both fans of the general film series. I'm kind of a mega fan of it. Uh, I need to catch up on the Netflix stuff too. I'm only seeing the first yeah. couple episodes of Daredevil, but I love it. Doctor Strange, I do think is worth seeing. I actually think it's the weakest of the origin story movies in terms of actual writing. That's um, what I
1: heard actually. Yeah, like
0: the actual plot and characterization is at many points just kind of simple like i heard people talking about like you can see the marvel formula there it wasn't so much that for me as much as that they just weren't as uh interesting and memorable as like so the first iron
1: man or captain america or guardians of the Oxygen and stuff what i did here and you can uh uh and please feel free to prove me wrong on this since you saw it um i heard from one of my friends that the actual character that Cumberbatch plays as dr strange that he's a pretty far departure from the character in the comic book series like he seems like more of a snarky arrogant tony stark than he does dr strange in comic book form okay i'll tell you right now i have next to no knowledge of the comics okay most of what i know about marvel
0: (laughs) is either through the movies or like old cartoons and games and such but um so i'm guessing dr strange is more kind of humble in the comics kind of more standard um okay he starts out pretty Relatively arrogant, but not in a way—not not to the extent of Tony Stark, where he's constantly, you know, coming down on people in a lovable way. Mm-hmm. But he's he's obviously very very confident in himself. The opening scene is him, um, you know, doing surgery and telling this other doctor, "Like you're doing it wrong. You thought he was dead, and you know, I'm I'm the one who knows how to do this." Yeah. Um, doesn't,
1: he, doesn't he have like uh, old school music playing in the background? Yeah, that's a fun joke. I where, heard, like, yeah, you know, I heard, uh, about they, that. They that
0: about like he can know like the exact year and stuff, and they're like, why can do yeah, that, know this." That seems
1: that seems to be the Marvel template so far.
0: He, I think he feels more brought down a bit once you know. I'm sure you know, like he, his hands are disabled yeah. in the car accident. And, you know, then he starts. You know, he goes over to Tibet, or where it was in Nepal, and that's when things get crazy. And he, he's he's much less snarky from that point. Like he is still confident in himself, and mm-hmm. also really wants to learn more because he thinks he can do amazing things with it. Uh, but he doesn't come off as so much arrogant for the rest of it. Uh, okay. uh, though, but I also feel that also kind of makes him one of the more vanilla protagonists so far. He isn't a complete uh, cipher like I thought Ed Norton Hulk was, Ed Norton Bruce Banner, Mark Ruffalo okay. that. But he doesn't have as many standout moments or motivations later on. Like, especially when you consider the fact that like, the only you know, one close to him uh, back when he's in New York is the Rachel McAdams character. and When the movie mm-hmm. starts, they've already broken up. It does stay that way. They are still covered for each other and interact with each other at certain, point, certain points, but I guess it's more about him making some new contacts uh-huh. and uh, developing a new way of life. So that I think, I think limits it a bit. The villain is, you know, I think Marvel villains already have kind of a reputation for being kind of vanilla a lot of the time. This is one of the more cases, worst case, worst case of that, but not the absolute worst. I think the worst is that guy in Dark World who had like two lines. That's mm-hmm. the worst villain to me in, in the Marvel Oh, scene. OK. Uh, the, and he's played by Matt Mikkelsen. He has a cool design. Like you can see his eyes have that kind of crumbling look to them. Yeah. And, and he partially some cool action scenes. He gets some OK lines. But he's he's just not in it. Like I always think like the best of the vanilla ones is uh, – I liked Ronan in Guardians of the Galaxy because even though he was your standard big bad, I think he was still able to come off as a legit threat. And then there are ones I legitimately like. Like I think, obviously Loki's the most popular. Uh, I like Jeff Bridges in the first Iron Man. I also like Corey Stoll in Ant Man, which is kind of drawing from the Jeff Bridges character. Yeah. Uh, but the, well, actually, the interesting thing is, and this is, I'm not, you know, not going to try and get too much spoil territory. T- t- he's not the only evil threat in the movie. Ah. Um, huh. Granted, the other one gets very little screen time, but it's you. You get the sense of how important that he is to uh, this movie and to MCU in general. And the one of the cool things is, and so like, I've talked about the story is kind of substandard. It's not bad, but it is substandard compared to I think the uh, batting average for Marvel's movies. Okay, what, where this movie still managed to win me over is, I'm sure you've heard, the visuals and the and creativeness. These are some of the best visuals I've ever seen in a Hollywood blockbuster. Oh, that's cool. I mean, like you've seen some of that stuff, like where like, they they're manipulating reality, and there's like this ripple effect in the, in this uh-uh. creepy. Like moving effect, it's hard to describe. And the bricks and the and the buildings and just everything and that's awesome. That's that's the tip of the iceberg. Like the scene that you see briefly in the trailer, where like uh, the Tilda Swinton, ancient one, gives him that out of body experience. There's more to it than just that, where she kind of gives him like this look at like because you know it's all about like we know about all these different dimensions, these realities, these planes, and he goes flying through a bunch of them. It's mesmerizing. It is super surreal and. Like, I was worried going in that might throw me off. Like, that would come off as just too much to me. I was marveling at it. Like, I was just like, that is, there's just so many cool creative shots that are just one after another. And then the actual fight scenes, they, not quite as trippy in the kind of stuff that I won't spoil. But, you know, the manipulation of the matter around them is really, really cool. Like, the first scene Strange has against the villain and and his couple henchmen, uh, the way he disposes of them is, well, incapacitates them because it's not the last fight, is Uh really, really clever and ties into the environment he's already, uh discovered that he's in. And without giving anything away, the last fight um, starts out well, conventional except for you know the environment and they actually do have a gimmick to it It's already cool. And yeah. then when Strange has a final one-on-one confrontation with the last big bad, I'm not going to give anything away. The way they pull it off is refreshing compared uh-huh. to most Marvel movies. And just conceptually I think it's really clever because Strange realizes what advantage he has over this very very uh dangerous force that's uh, really cool and uh i actually made a facebook post about it it's a he had there's a recurring quote in that scene that i think you're going to hear a lot um okay. and it is very i i that if the movie hadn't already sold me by then that part did and i'm not often willing to forgive uh, weak hmm. plots uh in blockbusters disrespectful i think the last time they had me was jurassic world i thought the plot that was was ever but i had so much fun with that movie um, Doctor Strange is kind – I guess the rating's a little better, but it's, it's a similar situation. Like if it wasn't for the creativeness, this would be – I guess it still might technically be one of my least favorite MCU movies, but I still really yes. ended up enjoying it quite a bit. And I think it's an exciting – it opens up a lot more exciting possibilities for uh, the future of it because I think it's going to be – it's also going to be a good stepping stone of that and Guardian of the Galaxy and Thor have kind of been showing us the more crazy and big aspects beyond Earth. And uh, we already know – it's already been confirmed he's going to play heavily into uh, Infinity War, huh. obviously. Uh, and one of the stingers uh, – I'm not going to give it any way, but it definitely uh, gives a hint of how he'll be involved with uh, some other possible upcoming movies. Okay. So I, uh, I do recommend it. Uh, I, I mean most people I feel – like most MCU fans have probably seen it by now or you know, are about mm-hmm. to. Like my brother saw I it. Really, opening, my brother saw I really movie.
1: would like to take the opportunity to go, uh, go see it at some point. I know me and Serena have uh, Moana. Uh, yes. at the top of our list coming up soon, and that getting great that so looks far,
0: that looks pretty cool. It's getting great reviews for man. This is a, this is if that's as good as it as it as the reviews sound. This has been an amazing year for Disney's animation because this ends yeah. Utopia. I think one of them got delayed, and we've already talked Zootopia on a test episode. Amazing movie, uh, yeah. and not quite Disney. But Finding Finding Dory I also thought was really good. So yeah. um, killing it this year. If you do see it, let me know what you thought. Maybe we can have a little spoiler talk then. Um, we're going. I think we're going to have spoiler talk. We we talk about things we have both done, but I will uh we'll we'll give heads up for that. And uh, so I guess the last thing we're going to talk about – all right. So you were telling me about an anime you've been watching. I hadn't heard of it. What is the name of it again?
1: Uh, Let's see. I was going to talk about Yuri on Ice. Yes. However, uh, I have a little bit more knowledge of Dragon Ball Super at the moment.
0: Uh, Oh, that was it. Yeah. Let's save Yuri on Ice for another time. So you and uh, Serena – Serena is his wife for for new listeners – have been watching Dragon Ball Super?
1: Yeah, we've been watching Dragon Ball Super and um, uh, um, it's it's a bit surprising um, because, well, they uh, all right, let me preface this first, because while I enjoy Dragon Ball uh, for its goofy characters and its gigantic universe and all the crazy explosions that they can think of. Yeah. Oh, my God, it is not the it it is by far uh, probably some of the most boring storytelling. That you can, that you will probably find in anime, and I don't mean that as a giant, like middle hammer. finger. Yes. Uh, yeah, I don't mean it as a middle finger because I, I have uh, have a bunch of respect for Dragon Ball. I yeah. uh, love the tone of the show. I love the characters of the show, and I love that uh, even though that they, even though that the show is basically do whatever you want, you get you get the sense that you're having fun throughout the entire. It's thing. a very
0: imaginative show, in it's uh, yeah. concepts.
1: Yeah, that's something I will, um,
0: will always get. To
1: and uh, going into Dragon Ball Super, I have to admit, I wasn't really too excited about it. I mean, number one, I've, I'd already seen Battle of the Gods and and um, the Free... Um, the and Resurrection the free... of F. Yeah, the Free... Um, yeah, the doesn't Re- start out F. doing, like,
0: recreations
1: of those? Yeah, Dragon Ball Super does go, go yeah. into... Yeah, I was thinking, of... like,
0: I, I've watched uh, the first half hour of Battle of Gods. I also bought Resurrection of yeah, I like what I've seen so far. I'm thinking I might as well skip over those arcs, but uh, well, you tell me what you think. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because uh, I don't want to say do that because there there are some things that happen. It's just that um, being spoiled by the internet, I didn't care. Yeah, and <laughs> so they things, do add some plot elements to these. They add they add some plot elements. They're very uh, they're they're very small but significant. And what they essentially mm-hmm. do is they open up the playing field for new uh for uh, for multiverse characters for essentially more gods coming in yeah and yeah isn't universe. one of
0: the villains like a parallel dimension goku basically
1: yeah uh, uh essentially uh okay uh i don't want to um i think we're at the point where i can start dropping some hints here and there yeah
0: okay some spoil but, warning fair warning some uh dragon ball super spoilers ahead
1: yeah def- definitely definitely spoiler alert if you don't want to hear about it then i suggest uh just Finding a free trial of Crunchyroll and going through Dragon Ball Super. Because as far as I know, most of it is already up there. From what I saw on Crunchyroll, they have all the way up to the Resurrection F arc. Yeah. Kind of like what they did through the movie. And then for some reason on Crunchyroll, they skip a gigantic arc and jump right into, and this is where the spoilers come in, Trunks coming back. And Trunks comes back. and Trunks? Yeah, um, Vegeta's Trunks. He comes back from the future, and oh, he comes back this, again. Okay. Yeah, yeah. At this point, uh, Future Trunks returns. He's already defeated Majin Buu. Uh, of course, the androids are destroyed. But he comes back and he's like, "Holy crap, guys! There is a new villain on the loose." And guess what? He calls himself Goku. I'm, I'm sorry, he calls himself Black, and he looks like Goku. Yeah. And he went out and killed everyone. <laughs> uh, so I have Future I- still sucks. Yeah, I, I'm defending a small city at the moment, but he is just kicking my ass. And he killed Bomb. Bulma's ah. dead in the future. Um, so basically
0: everyone's dead at that point except Trunks. Cause yeah, like, except I, I remember I saw the Trunks OVA back in the day. Like Gohan died and then Bulma and Trunks were basically all that was left of the Warriors.
1: Yeah, and it, now it's like him, my... Uh, and the will be already the only ones yeah, left. I read that. Game. So, like, is Mai kind of closer to her original Dragon Ball self now? Yeah, uh, in the future. In, uh, in the future, in yeah. The future trunks timeline. She is older, and she is back to shooting shit up.
0: Yeah, and okay, Like, because I, I remember, just a bit of clarification, in Battle of Gods, and I guess Resurrection F, we see Pilaf, Mai, and uh, what's his name, Shu? Yeah. Uh, uh, for the first time in a while, and there's a, like, like just a joke to them where they wished for uh, eternal youth or something for the Dragon Balls. Yeah. Uh, it ended up making them kids, so they're kind of – it's the same yeah, characters but smaller. That, so I guess if Dra- in the future, it's kind of closer to the Mai from original Dragon Ball.
1: Yeah, Dragon Ball Super is uh, – that's actually one of my biggest criticisms of it. But I do like Dragon Ball Super and what it does. Wait,
0: what's one of your biggest criticisms?
1: Well, I'll get back to it. Um, oh. It has to do with those three characters, off, uh, Mai, and Shu. Uh, I want to talk about what's good about Dragon Ball Super, and essentially, if you love everything about Goku and Vegeta, then you're going to love Dragon Ball Super because they're just they're just beating shit up, <laughs> basically. Is it still um, mostly about them? It's uh, it's well, we're already in spoiler alert territory. Yeah. Honestly, even though Goku gets a lot of the fighting spotlight, which is something that I don't like, mm-hmm. um, there are some really good scenes with Vegeta that I absolutely love. And Vegeta and Trunks have an episode where Trunks essentially goes to the past to get help. And he's feeling down about his loss. And Vegeta helps train Trunks in the way that only Vegeta knows how, by beating the shit out of him. Yeah, tough love. (laughs) And uh, I
0: remember – at least in Z, Vegeta had never seemed that fond of Future Trunks.
1: No, well, I think Vegeta is um, Vegeta has respect for Future Trunks at this point. Vegeta's okay. mellowed out considerably. Yeah, well, he's
0: raising uh, he's raising a kid now, so I guess yeah, have to. Yeah,
1: he's raising a kid, and Trunks comes back to the past, and he he realizes that holy shit, Goku and Vegeta can go God form and. I don't have to do anything. The future is fine. The, I don't have anything to worry about. And Vegeta gets up in Trunks' face. He's like, no, this is your fight. This You didn't come all the way here and let so many people suffer to have us fight your battles. We will help you. but I like don't that. That up. sounds like a very Vegeta action. Yeah, He's, He was like, we're going to help you, but don't give up on yourself either. We're not going to let
0: you just sit back.
1: Yeah, well, Trunks was never going to sit back, but he was... It got to the point where Trunks he was really depressed about what was what was happening around him and and in, in his future. Black is, yeah, Black is he is uh, God mode strong. And by God mode, I mean if you're playing a video game and someone's putting all the cheats mm-hmm. and you're playing against that one person who knows the game back and forth and they they have they somehow managed to score a game genie and it, and they're just putting every code imaginable just to yeah. kick their ass. That's Goku Black.
0: So he's basically he can destroy almost everything he wants and can barely be touched.
1: Well, I, well, you know how Saiyans um, have to suffer mortal wounds and heal uh, before they get stronger. Oh, I uh, forgot about that. Huh? Yeah, it's that it's that weird cheat um, cheat code that they have where uh, they have to they have to get injured super super badly and then heal and then they'll be much stronger from that previous fight. Is that something Black's done? Black, uh, the longer go uh, the, the longer Black fights, the stronger he gets. I get it. Okay. So, so it's not a Black doesn't even have to get injured. He's just like I can fight you for ten minutes and I can get stronger, yeah. and that's essentially his power. How's he stacked in terms of how actual evil
0: he is? Because Dragon Ball Z, DBZ villains got pretty awful in that regard.
1: Um, he's pretty. What's the word I'm looking for? Sadistic. He is, he's, he's Sephiroth evil, and I don't okay. mean that. I don't mean that in the terms of. I gotta go search for mother, and mother no, wants no, no. to destroy you all. No, um, he likes to monologue a fucking lot. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> he like- Many villains do. I think Frieza he- did every now. Cell definitely did. Um, Black takes it to a whole new extreme. And what I like about Super, they do make fun of that. Like, okay, Black at some point monologues, and he does this a lot. And he's a super serious character that is supposed to be taken seriously throughout the entire series. Yeah. In one particular instance. He's monologuing, and Goku and Vegeta turn to each other, and they start talking. And Vegeta's like, I'm going to go first or something. They just start chatting away mm-hmm. out while, he, while Black is monologuing. Does he get mad? And, and Black still monologuing and he has a partner at this point i'm not going to spoil that much okay his partner turns to him and he's like you know goku and vegeta aren't listening to you and black is like uh, i know but it's something i have to do i like your oh, like own voice
0: yeah z yeah. i remember like it still had funny like the first dragon ball was mostly comedy mm-hmm. z uh, had comedy but not generally not during fights
1: yeah uh, does this have a little more comedy during fights there is a good deal more comedy and i okay with in, that in super i think towards the black arc of Super, it gets a lot more serious. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's still where, stuff
0: like what you just mentioned.
1: Yeah, uh, th- and this is where one of my criticisms comes comes in. Before Shit with Black really kicks off, the show really concentrates on my shoe and peel-off for the humor. And it is not good. Oh. <laughs> it, is, it is not funny stuff. It's actually kind of uncomfortable and Okay, um, uh, When I saw them in
0: uh, Battle of Gods, I thought was pretty funny, but not so much yeah. Super.
1: And you know what? That's fine, but I, I can only take them in very small doses. And I've always had a problem with Dragon Ball and ballooning its cast. You got a whole yeah, tr- yeah trove of characters, and you're only concentrating on these three. Um, yeah, the farther you
0: got into Z, the more it was just about the Saiyans.
1: Yeah, and now we get to these three characters. And here's a spoiler: I'm going to go ahead and let them give you guys a heads up. Small childhood, current present day Mai develops a large crush on future Trunks. Okay. This this does not sit well with current day Trunks. Oh yeah, doesn't,
0: doesn't he in Battle God? Doesn't he like the like Kid Trunks like Kid, Kid Mai?
1: Yes, Kid Trunks likes Kid Mai. Yeah. But by the time Future Trunks comes along and Future Trunks tells Mai how he ad- admired her in the future, Kid Mai loves the shit out of him, and Piloth and Shu decide that at certain points they decide to try and set up situations where my and future trunks can proclaim their their romantic feelings from one another. That sounds awkward. And, yeah. On one hand, it's an idea that could be funny, but it's not executed well at all. It's uh, just a whole bunch of is a whole bunch of jib jabbing around. Is it and, is it less is it more it's creepy or it's just dumb jokes? It's both, really, because uh. <laughs> it's like uh, I mean, obviously, Future Trunks is like a teenager. Well, going I'm sure to Future football. Trunks isn't
0: actually into it, but uh, no,
1: I mean, he's not, and he doesn't exactly know what's happening. He okay, thinks, yeah, he's yeah, being inquisitive, and uh, it, it's 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 nothing crazy, and it's nothing like uh, hentai worthy or anything of that. Yeah, nothing true. in Dragon Ball actually is, but yeah, they, they don't they don't other they don't than really that one episode of the original where uh, yeah Bulma's yeah that bo- thing happened to Bulma that, that shit. That shit was funny. Um, But here – and this is my biggest gripe with this, uh, with these three. And a lot of the points, they're just not funny. They're just not.
0: (laughs) And they're taking screen time that could be given to the other characters.
1: They're they're pretty much used as a through line for when other characters have more serious situations happening elsewhere. And while exposition is being developed somewhere else – they're they're um, they're basically trying to keep the kids awake for the episode. Sounds like they turned into Team Rocket. Yeah, well, Team Rocket, except without the charm. Oh, okay. In which I I love Team Rocket. They are yeah. my favorite char- back, They're my favorite
0: characters oh. in the anime now.
1: Yeah, they're my favorite characters in Pokemon, and even even they got kind of annoying from time to time. But there's a reason why they're there. For Shu Mai and and Peeloff, I don't see a reason why they're there. Okay. I, it has- I, I,
0: so is this has this increased in the episodes you you're caught up to or is it um, what's the ratio of it compared to before? It's
1: pretty, it's pretty glaring towards the uh, towards the top of the of the Goku black arc. Okay. Uh, and that's only because Trunks is basically just chilling out in the past. Yeah, he doesn't have anything while, else to do. Yeah, while while everyone gets their uh, gets their shit together. And there's some there are some good side stories that happen. Trunks mm-hmm. meets up with adult Gohan. And I think that I think that's just that was just a writer is trying to explain what's happening to Gohan and why he's not going to be battling anytime soon. Uh,
0: refresh my memory. Is Pan a character at this point?
1: Pan, Pan, Pan's a baby. OK, so technically, yes. Pan, Pan's a baby. And because she was a super saiyan in the womb, if that is still canon, because I didn't go back and watch those episodes within Dragon Ball Super, she is now able to fly as a baby. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, and what Go- Adult Gohan does is uh, he essentially turns into the Great Saiyan Man and goofs off with the baby. Now, a lot of, <laughs> and, and, and you know what? A lot of people cringe when they hear gr- the Great Saiyan Man is made his triumphant return. I, I remember kind of liking that stuff. I actually hated it, <laughs> but oh, well,
0: maybe I, maybe I did hate it. I don't know.
1: Well, well you know, um, well. Uh, from what I understand, a lot of people do not want badass Gohan back. Yeah, but the show does a good job of establishing Gohan had his time, and he's never really liked fighting. He's only he's yeah. only he's only fought when there was no other choice.
0: Yeah, like when he was the only one who could stand up against Cell.
1: Yeah, and at this point. That's the, like the only. I feel
0: like that's the only Z arc where he truly takes front and center by the end.
1: Yeah, which I loved. Yeah, like, when Goku back
0: by the Buu arc, it's all about him and Vegeta again.
1: Yeah, and I kind of disliked that. It, yeah. it kind of deflated what um how Cell ended. I mean,
0: if we're talking general review, I think Frieza and Cell are peak. Those sagas are peak DBZ for me.
1: Yeah, Um he, and
0: are good, but not as good.
1: But even so, um, Dragon Ball Super does uh, spends an episode with adult Gohan and explains he. Gohan's happy. He doesn't have to go out and fight if he doesn't yeah, want to. Yeah, he can be a dad and a regular guy for the most yeah. part. Yeah, so Future Trunks doesn't even tell him. He's like, uh, they, they just Oh, chill. he does tell him who he is? You know, future Trunks, uh, they know who each other, uh, who they are, but Future Trunks just doesn't let him know that shit's popping off in the future.
0: Oh, he doesn't want him to worry. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so so that's something you like. Uh, yeah. The, the Pilaf Trio stuff is a, one of your biggest problems. Yeah. Uh, what are some other... What, can you Like at least one other big pet peeve or big praise about it?
1: Well, here's a big praise about Dragon Ball Super. It does a—even—this re- um, is going to go into a bit of a criticism, but it works its way around. Okay. Um, like I said, Goku gets a lot of the fighting spotlight. Obviously, there's there, um, there are several points when there is Battle of the Beams and where Vegeta or Trunks, like, tries to fire back at Goku Black— regular goku just shoots a command man and gets the good explosion that severely damages the opponent that shit's annoying <laughs> i mean i know goku is like the star character and he's and he's the strongest character however at several points it's like well if you're just going to if you're just going to command man um, just throw like an energy beam at him um, then why don't you just why don't you just open with that dude i'm going to go full power later on no Do people are dying you asshole <laughs> Go 100. Well, to be fair, ass. Goku's always been kind of a dummy. Go, Goku has been a uh, kind of a dummy, and what I liked about Battle of the Gods is that they established that he can be a real dick. But what I did like about Dragon Ball Super is that the times when other, uh, the times when the the, um, the other main fighters get spotlight, they get really good spotlight. When Vegeta fights Goku Black, he gets really good moments where it's just him going up against um, this particular villain trunks has a lot of good po- has a lot of good fights too but there's a specific instance where trunks fights Goku black and he fires off an energy beam and it's it's his best beam yet. Hmm. and he can't but he can't hold it and 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 um goku black is just firing off um, like every um i guess like 10 percent of what he has whatever Oh, he's firing
0: Stupid. back it's clashing beams yeah, yeah
1: it's it's the battle of the beams and Trunks can't hold the beam any longer. And then Vegeta steps in and fires off his uh, a Gatling gun. And they're both doing a father and son Gatling gun. Oh, awesome! Cool. It's an homage of what happened with Goku and Gohan during the Cell Saga. Oh, where well, I, I
0: thought you were going to say what Vegeta did at the end of the Cell Saga. Is he distracted Cell and that helped uh, Gohan. Oh, uh,
1: well, it, it, well, it's this different. Yeah, and this one he steps in with Trunks, and they fire a father son Gallup gun at the um, at this guy. That's pretty cool. And it is pretty brilliant. And there's, I'm gonna save this one for save this one for you. I'm not gonna spoil it for you, but okay. Trunks gets a really really nice spotlight during this show. And a battle, or yeah, yeah, okay. he gets he gets a great battle during this one. And essentially, it reminds fans of the series that this arc is for trunks and even though goku got some great um, got some great hits in this is for trunks
0: i like that cuz uh, original feature trunks you thought it would be about him when he showed up with the whole freeze it, cyber freeze it thing then it wasn't it was a still about everybody else yeah but uh, i guess ultimately this arc still really is about him i like that
1: yeah the show has a lot of pacing issues and again uh off mai and shu they Drive be uh, crazy they they're not my favorite characters at all, but I can tolerate them because I can fast forward if I need to. <laughs>
0: yeah, so, their their bits don't sound super important to the story anyway. They're
1: they're really not. Uh, every so often they'll do something that helps out the characters, but it's minuscule at best. Okay,
0: I'll keep that in mind whenever I watch it.
1: Yeah, and that's all I got.
0: All right. Um, I think we are going to bring things to a close for this. Uh, I think this went very well, and. I'd- Thank you. Thanks again, Chris, for uh, for agreeing to go through with this. No problem. Uh, But I feel like we should say uh, I would like to end each episode with us teasing what we're going to do next. Oh, Um, and we may I'll I'll get to it. And we may take turns picking things because I think I know something we do as for the what's going to be the third episode. But, um, Chris, why don't you tell me your suggestion for what we're going to do for our first proper review next week?
1: On Pokemon Sun and Moon. Or oh, no, no, no,
0: no, oh. what, what we were planning to do for this first episode, but you need to refresh your memory.
1: Oh, what, what we're planning to do for this first episode? For the next episode. Oh, for the next episode. Um, was it Kung Fu Panda? I think it was yes, Kung Fu Yes, we're going yeah. to
0: talk about the Kung Fu Panda movie trilogy, which okay. as, uh, I understand we, are, we both are quite fond of. And uh, uh. I was going to mention to you, um, we start recording, uh, hmm. I'm a big fan of the director of the first one uh he mm-hmm. also did one of my all-time favorite animated shorts which is a little thing called more have you ever seen that
1: more never it's, heard of it you
0: can find it on youtube it was not even for an oscar it's a little claymation short uh very surreal in its store and like a natural plot but it's it gets its point across pretty well i think uh he recently just did the little prince which was on netflix I watched the first half hour of that so far. It's really good. Like I think uh, – we'll talk about it more. But he brings, he's good at bring emotion to uh, animated movies. Cool. It is, it's really good timing. Yesterday they, they announced what his next movie is going to be. He is going to do an adaptation of the comic book Bone.
1: Bone. OK. Have you I read think that? I some, I think, yeah. Um, I think I heard some news about that actually. Yes. That
0: was like yesterday or the day before. He has been signed on to uh, do an animated adaptation, direct it. and Awesome. Uh, I've read all of bon- Bone. It's a, I almost said Bong. I've read all of Bone. It is a very good comic. And like I said, it has a lot of character moments and mm-hmm. sad and funny and just, you know, there's a lot of emotion to it. And I think this guy is a really good pick for that. So, uh, so- unless I'm there's a bad that. script or studio interference, I, I, I have I have hope for this. If it ever gets off the ground. I think they've tried to make a movie of it like twice already. Mm-hmm. So we will see what happens. But that is going to do it for our first episode of right. Sketch Watch Play. So uh, I will end up saying you can find me on Twitter, Tumblr, and DeviantArt at behonkis B-E-H-O-N-K-I-S-S. And Chris, mm. where can people find you on uh, social media?
1: Um, people can usually find me at Sparkflow Films on Twitter. Um, you can also find me at um, on Facebook, on Christopher um, – just at Christopher Wade. Just look me up and I got a silly little avatar running around. The, well, there.
0: I'll tell people now. It's going to be the same avatar that we'll use in the show's logo. Yep. Of, of Chris's cartoon self. So uh, use that as a basis. Mm-hmm. All right. That will do it. And thank you so much for listening and see you next week.